listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking all things Star Wars in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Mando cast. Yes, the Mando cast is now covering all things Star Wars, not just the Mandalorian. I am Jay, being joined by Chris. And we are here to begin a weekly binge of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Yes, where this apparently takes place immediately after the Clone Wars ended. Episode 1 of Bad Batch, titled Aftermath. Hour and 14 minutes long, so hey, we're getting like feature length sort of stuff here. It's a good good way to start a series Mm -hmm. off. Uh, description just reads, The clones of the Bad Batch find themselves in a changing galaxy after the Clone Wars. So, yeah. We're, I guess we're going to find out what happened with the with the Bad Batch in the aftermath of Order 66. Uh, I'm honestly thinking that uh, they had... Obviously they hadn't gone into hiding like some of the clones did, like the ones that we see in Rebels. Because mm-hmm. uh, I still remember that episode of Rebels where... Uh, those particular clones were essentially captured by the Imperials and we were told, oh, we can reinstate you. And the only thing that the clones did was laugh <laughs> afterwards because <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they don't like uh, the Stormtroopers at all. Yeah, because they're just sort of like, you guys can't shoot. <laughs> uh, so I imagine that the Bad Batch is probably the same way. It's, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, the Stormtroopers ain't shit. Yeah. Um... I really hope we get to see some of that uh, trash-talking happening in here. So, if you're not aware of who the Bad Batch are, they were introduced in the last season of Clone Wars. Uh, they are a special group of sort of experimental clones with additional abilities. Uh, we had Hunter, who has like extra sort of tracking abilities. It was, I think they said there was something like he sort of can read like the like the electrical field sort of of a planet and he can use that to track his prey or whatever um we have wrecker the heavy weapons guy i may be getting some of these names wrong i'm just basing this off of the off of the trailer and it's been a few days since i last watched it um specs who's like their uh, the brainy techie guy he's the he's the donatello of the group he's the donatello of the group we have echo uh who was the one that they rescued in the Bad Batch arc in the last season of Clone Wars. Uh, a clone who was captured by the Separatists. They turned him into a cyborg and were using the cybernetic implants to try to probe his mind for tactical uh, tactical data and codes and whatnot. But now he has the ability to essentially hack into uh, hack into computer systems with the like the robotic the droid arm that they gave him. It's literally like the same sort of. Uh, thing that R two D two uses to hack <laughs> hack computers. Yes, but leaves him vulnerable at the same time. Yes. Um, there's the sniper whose name I can't remember. Uh, he had he he's the one who has like a specialized uh, trooper helmet that give that I think interfaces with like his the scope on his rifle or whatever. Which is always cool to have. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember if there are any others, but those are, those are the ones those are the main ones that were really kind of focusing on. And Echo, after he got rescued, basically the Bad Batch offered him a position in their unit, and he was like, sure. sure. <laughs> because as far as the rest of the clones the clones were concerned, he was dead. 
So, if anything, this is probably more like a black ops team. Almost. Well, they, yeah. They're the ones who don't mind getting their hands dirty. Yep. Um, well, that's sort of the, the clones in a nutshell. They're, the clones have always sort of been meant to be disposable. That's how the, that's how the Republic kind of viewed them. It wasn't, yeah, but, wasn't right, but that's how they viewed them. Yeah, but the Bad Batch kind of like do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is the reason why the uh, the clone that was assigned to essentially lead them in their debut episode in Clone Wars was kind of frustrated with them because they were essentially doing their own thing. Wasn't that Cody or um, I think it was Rex. I think it was Rex. No, it was Rex. Yeah, because uh, and Rex, while he's fully capable of going off book, he's one of those guys that kind of prefers things do happen in a more predictable manner, and there's nothing predictable about the Bad Patch. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so this episode, given the, the length, it's probably meant to, was probably meant to be a sort of, like, pilot episode, you know, as most pilot episodes tend to be longer than the standard length. Yeah, plus I know that a lot of times when something proves to be popular enough, um, these companies tend to go ahead and say, oh, well, this proved really popular with the fans, let's go ahead and make a spinoff, like... Uh, when Punisher made his debut in season two of Daredevil, Punisher was not going to have his own series until the fans said, "Give him his own series." So yeah, they were like, "Okay, the, okay, the, we'll do it." It's <laughs> the fucking Punisher. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I still really kind of wish that season two had brought in like Barracuda, because <laughs> Barracuda would have been an awesome villain uh, for Punisher to take on. But hey, uh, we'll. Maybe in the future, once now that Disney's just sort of like, yeah, we're going to start taking that stuff back. Um, maybe. Who knows? Um, uh, finding If they could find some way to incorporate the Netflix uh, MCU stuff, even if it's just a case of re- re- reboot it, in a way, but still use the same actors. Like, Charlie Cox must be, da- must be Daredevil. But any, at any rate... Um, but with the length, I imagine we're also going to get, like... I'm guessing we're going to start with, like, a sort of cold open, or here's what the bat, who, who the Bad Batch are, and here's what they do, kind of thing. So so you think it's going to start the same way the Clone Wars episodes did? Sort of. Because with, with a series like this, you do have to assume that the people tuning in to watch it watch the, the, pre, the preceding series. You do still have to sort of give enough context about who the characters are. You can't just expect the fans to immediately, or the viewers to immediately know who they are. That's what I usually tell people who have never seen the Clone Wars, because it could be, you know, like some people have said, oh, it's a cartoon, it's meant for kids. I'm like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. You can still watch it. I'll Watch it, love it. If you love war stories, definitely check if it out. If you assume that anything animated is for kids, then you are very wrong, and I will give one mention of a series and a series that we will be you and I will be covering again soon <laughs> Castlevania. Castlevania I thought you're that gonna, is that is definitely not for kids I thought you're also gonna say invincible that's another one I do need to get in on that I know that's the I think it's uh, wrapped up season one and I know they've already confirmed at least season two yeah um, so yeah there's it's just sort of like if you assume that it, just because it's animated that it's going to be all cutesy and sh- sunshine and lollipops because you were raised on Disney fair from like the 80s or early 90s or oh boy have I got some news for you cartoons have changed my friend <laughs> oh yeah um but yes uh so Aftermath uh episode one of, of Bad Batch 
Anything you are specifically expecting in the, in the episode or in the series? I'm expecting for the Bat Bats to show the Imperials why the clones were better than kidnapping kids and, tr- and turning them into stormtroopers. Well, that's how the First Order did things, at least. I don't know if that's how the Empire necessarily did uh, it, They may have done the same thing. I don't think that was ever fully explored, but I think I read somewhere that that's what they did. And then again, we also know that stormtroopers, I think, are just sort of like Imperial Navy, you know, like, you know, on the ships and space and everything. Because we've seen Imperial ground troops also don't wear the same armor and everything. You remember in Solo. Yeah. He wasn't wearing the stormtroopers out uniform. No, that was the ground infantry. Uh, but uh, it, just uh, as disposable as the stormtroopers. What was it? Woody Harrelson was obviously wearing the uh, the stolen armor from a yeah. captain that had a couple holes in it, and that's when Solo noticed it and said, "So either you heal really, heal really good, or you stole that." Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, for my part, I'm wondering. Because we know that this is going to cover the, because uh, based solely on the description, the Clone Wars are over, the Republic has become the Empire, and we're probably going to see a lot of those sort of quote-unquote policy changes starting to come in, come into play. And, obvi- how- and obviously they're going to disagree with it. Because, mm-hmm. well, that was what I picked up from the trailers. <laughs> it's just sort of like the Bad Batches are like, yeah, no, this isn't what, this isn't what we were made for. <laughs> and... Not not what they signed up for because, well, they never signed anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think Tarkin is supposed to be in, supposed to be a major character in this. Like, wasn't I he th- in the trailer? I think he was in the trailer because I, I swear it's been it's been, a, it's been a, like a week or so since I because I swear he, I saw him in it and he would probably be a really good villain for this show. Mm-hmm. But I still am hoping that the that the Star Wars. Uh, you know, like TV series like the, like these and The Mandalorian is still going to have Thrawn as sort of like the greater scope villain of the of the French of the franchise as a whole. Like with like how Thanos was sort of the greater scope villain in the MCU through through Phase Three. Yeah, uh, uh, we don't you know like with Phase Four, we don't know who the who the greater scope villain is going to be there. It better yet. it better be Kang the Conqueror, Galactus. No, I'm saying King the Conqueror because of the time travel thing. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, maybe that's where things are going to come into play with Loki. Um, but um, but Thrawn has the potential to be a great villain for the Star Wars franchise as a whole, if, especially if like like you've been saying uh, <clears throat> that they are going to try to re sort of make the sequel trilogy semi non canon. Well, I've I was hearing about how John Favreau is actually re-editing the Rise of Skywalker because um, Kathleen Kennedy, when she ordered the reshoots for that film, she took out a lot of character development that was meant for um, uh, like Ben Solo um, and a bunch of other characters, and I think she wanted to take. The character development stuff out and replace it with more action scenes in it, uh, like more oh that looks so much bad so badass type of scenes. Yeah. Um, so John want is supposedly going into the studio to uh, re-edit the entire film to re-add those scenes. Hashtag release the, the Favreau, Favreau cut. cut. 
Um, but yeah. Even so, though he was not the director of the film. But if if Thrawn is going to be in this, I imagine he's not going to he's not going to show up in episode one. He'll be in like a he'll be in later episodes. If he, probably just to you know request up request a status update from Tarkin on something. It, I mean, if tar- like yeah, if he does show up, he's probably going to be on like a monitor or something like the hol- oh yeah, hollow like a hollow. Uh, holographic thing, yeah, yeah, because you know we know that Thrawn is still going to be alive in this time period. Well, we know he, we suspect he's still alive by the time the Mandalorian rolls around, based solely on Ahsoka Tano looking for him. Yeah, but we don't know anything about what his current status is. But in, but we also never saw him die exactly. in Rebels, right? But this is well before then, so we've got plenty of time to see. Uh, you know, plenty of timeline for him to still be able to up, to be up to all sorts of nefarious things, like an imperial uh, intelligence officer would be. Well, plus they, I don't ISB. That's what. It was. Plus, I don't know if they ever specified when he joined the Imperial Navy because I know that when they like in the Imperials, it's all technically human characters. Mm-hmm. Droids are basically just used for like maintenance work and stuff like that. You don't, they don't have like the tactical droids like the separatists did. Yeah, they don't use like aliens. Uh, Thrawn, as far as I know, is the only non-human in the Imperial Army. Certainly, the one, the only one to have reached a, to reach such a high rank. Well, I mean, if you know all those good tactics that he does, like if he's able to say, okay, well, here's the target. Here's everything surrounding the target. We need to uh, get through this to get to this target area. Where and I could see Thrawn also being the kind of guy, the kind of person who, or at least I could see the Empire, especially Imperial Imperial officers, being the kind of person persons to when they see somebody with some like brilliant strategy, strategy and tactics plannings like that, would try to take credit for it and. When Thrawn realizes that they are trying to take all the credit for his for his tactics to then provide just you know to provide the data they're looking for but not necessarily the context and without that context it like it screws up it screws things up so it's like the victory's not going to be they're not going to like die from like their failure but it's not going to be a success you know like I could see him sabotaging his uh, his officers when they try to take credit. <laughs> For for his for his work, and then he then steps in and be like, actually this is the data that I provided. He screwed it up, and then all right, we'll give you a chance. And then he just sort of moves up the ranks that way. I forget how in the Legends continuity it was it was specified how he got so good, how he got so highly placed. I, I just but regardless, despite the fact that he was so good, the fact that he was non-human. Is why he had been assigned out to the unknown regions and didn't return until after uh, the after the second Death Star was destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the reason why he would probably end up going it hiding. It, after wasn't, it wasn't so much in hiding as it was like the Empire was just sort of like, "You're good, so go pacify the unknown regions for us." So, but really, it was just sort of like. We, you're embarrassing us by being so good and being not human. Go over there where we don't have to look at you. <laughs> and, and he comes if, back and says, I conquered everything. What do you mean that you let the Empire fall while I was gone? <laughs> and then he realizes, I can take over now. 
well, now I don't have to worry about you know about all of this. Oh, oh, these uh, imperial warlords don't want to don't want to go along with my plans. Okay, we'll see how well that works out for you. <laughs> I'll be over here if you need me. <laughs> and lo and behold, they needed him. But anyway, um, let's get let's get into the bad batch because we're just starting to ramble now. <laughs> all right, so we'll be back after episode one. Hey. While we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Bored to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hop 101, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And we're back. Quite a long intro, but it was entirely necessary to set up the basic arc of the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, especially with everything that had developed in just this one episode and the characters that we got to see. Exactly. Um... Well, like I predicted, we got like a pseudo cold open uh, where we got introduced to who the Bad Batch are and what they can do. Um, they were specifically on, I don't catch the name of the planet, but uh, it was in the closing moments of the Clone Wars. Uh, it was specified that Obi-Wan Kenobi had gone after General Grievous. If you've seen episode three, you know the scene. Yeah, if you've seen uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know, you know the scene. But uh, this one was focusing on a particular Jedi Master, again, whose name I didn't... I no, the, it, they said the name, but it's one of those, like... You'd have to be really good at knowing all the... Having, like, a m encyclopedic knowledge of everything. But um, she's leading the clone troops and requests some uh, reinforcements to deal with the droid army marching on them. And that's when her Padawan turns back up. A young Padawan by the name of Caleb Doom. Yes, who uh, is being voiced once again by Freddie Prince Jr. Although, I think he's like... I think he changed the pitch of his voice a little slightly, bit. Yeah. Slightly, to sound, obviously, younger. younger which it's, it's, uh, uh, By the way, if you don't know who Caleb Doom is, you would know him better as Kanan from Star Wars Rebels. Yes, yeah, so you probably know his backstory because he does explain it a mm. little bit in Clone Wars, but doesn't really go into f too at, much detail. At any rate, uh, Caleb turns back up with uh, Clone Force 99, a.k.a. the Bad Batch, in tow, and we get to see them basically wreck shop on a bunch of the, a bunch of the uh, droids. And I got a couple of the names, I got, a, got one of the names wrong, it's not Specs, it's Tech, but, you know, I call him Specs because he wears glasses. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's how you and would... the sniper's name is Crosshair. <clears throat> I couldn't remember what his name was, but Cross. But there you go, Crosshair. Um, but after they've dealt with those forces, uh, the Jedi Master sends uh, Clone Force 99 ahead with Caleb to go deal with the rest of the droid army, but then, uh, while she's while she's holding back with the, with the others, we see her clone captain suddenly lift a hand to his uh, to his helmet. And as soon as I saw that happening, I was like, "Oh no, 
this is the moment. And sure enough, we get to Order sixty six. Order sixty six, and they gun they they gun gun her down. And Caleb turns around to see this happening, and Cold Force ninety nine turns around as well and see, to see it happening. But they're just as confused as uh, as he is. They're not responding to the uh, execute Order sixty six command. Where they were they were just like, did you pick that up? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, the only one who shows some sign of uh, responding to to the order is Crosshair, is when uh, when Hunter goes chasing after Caleb, who runs off into the into the forest to get away. Crosshair hangs back and just goes, "Good sh- good soldiers follow orders," which is something that we heard in season six. Of clone of the Clone Wars, when Fives uh, was trying to find out what what had happened to his to his friend, another clone trooper by the name of uh, called Tup. Tup had like basically something had gone wrong with his inhibitor chip and caused him to basically execute Order sixty six early, way too early. <clears throat> I remember that episode. Uh, it was a series of episodes actually, but. Uh, well, that's how the Clone Wars show usually went. But Tuff's uh, degeneration into uh, into following the or- following that order, he kept repeating that line over and over until he finally snapped. It was like, "Good soldiers follow orders." <laughs> and so, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Ooh, that's not good. That mm-hmm. is not good." Well, Hunter does manage to f- track down C- Caleb, but he's not able to talk him into basically escaping with them or like standing down it's like look kid we're your friends here meanwhile Crosshair is trying to follow that order like at one point in time Caleb's hiding in a tree he shoots the branch that he's on and he falls down and does the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi take the robe off and then ignite the lightsaber a bit Um, and Crosshair tries shooting at him doesn't work, and so he has to pull out his short-range weapon. Still doesn't work because the kid just slices it. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, Caleb eventually, like, uh, they're at like the edge of a cliff over a waterfall, and Caleb just uses the force, jumps to the other side, the other side of the uh, waterfall, and then just runs off into the forest. And Crosshair catches up to him at this point, and it's just sort of like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Kid, f- I shot him in the air, and the kid fell," and he. Walks off, but Crosshair just lowers his little scouter and scans the scans the area. He calls him on it later. It's like when when you shoot somebody, when somebody falls, you look down, not across. Hunters try to pass it off as, "Yeah, well, I don't like to watch." <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between shooting a droid and shooting a living being. True, not really much of a difference to to Crosshair. You can tell, but. Um, Following that, they return to Camino, which is, of course, where all the clone troopers are made. And, well, that's when they uh, are pulled into a general assembly of all the clone troopers as we see Emperor Palpatine's first address to the to the galaxy. Which is the one that we hear in Episode 3, and this is supposed to be after his battle with Mace Windu, where Mace... "Quote unquote," scarred him. Well, he kind of reflected the the force lightning back on him, which is what caused caused that. But yes, um, yeah. 
basically, if you've seen uh, Revenge of the Sith, you've seen you've seen the speech, and all around them, the uh, the regulation clones or the regs, as uh, the Bad, Bad Batch calls them, uh, are all like cheering for cheering about all of this. But then we find out that, sure enough, Admiral Tarkin has been uh, sent to Kamino to evaluate the clone troopers to determine whether or not the Empire is going to honor the contract that the Republic had signed. And he's like, well, the Republic ain't here no more. Yeah, your contract was with the Republic, which no longer exists. And I'm just like, that's a dirty trick, but yeah, that is kind of where a lot of that legal stuff sort of comes in. Um... But also, in the midst of all this, we're introduced to a young girl called Omega, who sort of stands out on Kamino in that she's not like a, one of the clone troopers, she's not one of the Kaminoans. It's like, who is this girl? What is she doing here? And as the episode pro- uh, progressed and her accent became a lot more pronounced, I'm just sort of like, thinking to myself, is it a case of she's picked up the accent because she's around all these clone troopers who all basically sound the same and have that accent? Or is there something else going on with her? And later in the episode we got, uh, when Tarkin was inquiring about the Bad Batch, and it's explained that they were... So we're like... Well, well, yeah. Echo's not one of them because he started off as a regular clone, it's just that he was in hand... Oh yeah, that's another thing. They were when they were talking about the whole Order sixty six thing, and they're like, "Oh well, how come Echo wasn't wasn't affected by it? He was a regular clone." They said, "Well, probably because he was enhanced with all these droid bits that are on him." As uh, Tech put it, "You're more machine now than man." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it's sort of ex- it's explained that the inhibitor chips in the Bad Batch don't work the way they should because of the changes in their cranial activity or whatever because of the experiments that were the mutations. Yeah, like like oh. like each, like each member of the bad batch has a specific skill like Crosshair is obviously the sniper, he's really good at he's that. An exceptional shot. Yes. Um who's who's the tech one again? Tech uh, has uh, enhanced intel- intelligence. Yeah. So, you know, every uh, Hunter sing- has enhanced uh, senses. Yeah, so all of them have some sort of special ability that's the reason why they're... Well, you know, like that little medical droid said to them, Oh, I have unfortunate news. Every single one of you uh, is defective. I will leave you here to react <laughs> to the bad news. <laughs> as, as they're just sort of looking at each other, just sort of like, yeah, we know this. <laughs> it's literally a no shit moment. Yeah. Um, oh, and But as part of... Before uh, the whole questions about the Bad Batch were brought up, Tarkin had seen the five of them get into a, get into a fight in the, uh, in the mess hall with a bunch of the regs, because one little group of regs called, called, them the, called them the rejects, the sad batch. And I'm just thinking, you do know that they can basically kick more ass than all of you combined. <laughs> and they, go, they proceed to prove it. <laughs> Pretty and they well. pretty much w- wipe the floor with every single clone trooper in there. Yep. Um, but Tarkin had been watching this from like a catwalk o- overhead kind of thing. And then arranged a uh, combat drill for them. And when the Bad Batch basically proved, yeah, we can handle this, he's like, 
switch to live fire. <laughs> and so then they, he sent out, like, prototype dark troopers, it almost seemed like. Um, big droids that have a very similar shape, although you uh, compared them more to... I, I looked at them, I was like, why do they remind me of Cylons? They just don't have the eye. They don't have the little sweeping eye, uh, red eye thing going, but... Yeah, uh, and when the Bad Batch over, overcame that as well, Tarkin just sort of turned and turned and left. But that's when he started asking about who they were, what they were, and when it was mentioned that there were five enhanced clones remaining, you know, yeah, five members of the Bad Batch. But I immediately was like, wait, no, 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 wait. There's only four in, uh, enhanced troopers in the Bad Batch because of Echo. He was just turned into a cyborg later. And then he joined up with the Bad Batch. And so I was, I immediately looked, I immediately looked at you, Chris, and I was like, it's Omega. Omega's, a, Omega's an, is, is one of them. And we got confirmation of that uh, later in the episode also. We don't know what's uh, different about her, but we'll get to that later. Uh, and Tarkin then gives the Bad Batch another, another little test to you know, supposedly to, to further determine if the uh, clone troopers are viable going forward as opposed to conscripts. And he sends them off to... Uh, can't remember the name of the, name of the planet. Another one of the swamp planets. Yes, but it's one that we have been to before. During uh, the Clone uh, Wars. During the Clone Wars. I think it's called Ondura or something like that. Uh... Tarkin sends them there saying that there's a group of insurgents that he wants eliminated. So the Bad Batch goes there. Omega tries to warn them not to go. You know, says that, you know, she doesn't trust Tarkin. Uh, but, you know, they go off to, to get there. And when they come across the insurgent camp, they're surprised because they were expecting it to be like separatist holdouts, which is sort of what... Uh, what Tarkin had implied in what he had told them. But then they realized there are children down there and there's an old woman. This, these aren't droids. What's going on? Crosshairs just has his sights trained on like a little old granny sitting there leaning on her cane and he's just like, just give the order. And I'm like, fuck, dude! <laughs> um, but they... Uh, Hunter is just like, no, I don't like this. Something's not right about this. And that's when the insurgents uh, show up with guns trained on them. They surrender moment long enough to be brought to the camp where we find out that these insurgents are being led by Saw Guerrera. And uh, they obviously had to have the voice actor do an impersonation of... Um, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Well, um, like a, like a younger sounding Forrest Whitaker. Well, would have they, um, I think it was probably just the same voice actor that they used in Clone Wars for him, and the same voice, yeah, you know, who was the same voice actor who provided the voice for him in Rebels. It probably was him. I I need to look that up. But um, yeah, Saw Guerrera <laughs> basically is just sort of like, yeah, we're not going along with what the Empire wants us wants us to do. That's not what we're what we're here for. Basically. Straight up calling calling uh, the Empire out for being up to some bad some bad shit and uh, basically puts it in in the uh, in the Bad Batch's hand. It's like you you can either 
follow your orders or you can start asking some questions sort of, essentially sort of sort of thing he gives hunter his his gun back showing a hell of a lot of trust in my opinion but um, yeah hunter basically is just sort of like decides to turn and leave as the as uh, Saul Guerrero and his partisans all start to leave well partisans and refugees I should I should say instead but as they're leaving Hunter sort of pauses and glances up into the trees and he's just like he could tell something was there and the something turns out to be a uh, turns out to be a probe droid and you know like the ones that we that we saw at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, uh, and and that we have seen in various other uh, media. We're going to pause briefly because there's about to be a little bit of noise. <coughs> okay, resuming. Uh, Chris had a sudden coughing fit there. <laughs> Allergies, man. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but so the as they uh, return to the ship, Crosshairs finally finally uh, calling out uh, Hunter about uh, disobeying orders like he did on, like he did on Kala, which is where that was the name of the planet where they uh, where they came across Janan. Mm-hmm. Kanan. Sorry. Kanan <laughs> uh, Jarris. I got the I got the, <clears throat> got the letters. First, got, the, got the letters uh, flipped. Um, but yeah, but the thing is that the thing that was trailing them was a Imperial probe droid. Yes. Which, to be honest with you, I remember the first time I saw that when I saw one of those when I was a kid when I first watched Empire Strikes Back. I'll openly admit the way it was designed kind of creeped me out a little bit because of the arms. Oh yeah, I think that was the, the entire goal was to make them seem threatening. And yeah, but then but then uh, like you kind of like realize that the Empire's flaw, like like slight design flaw, was the color by putting it on a planet with snow and it's black. It's in the Empire's defense, they just deployed hundreds, if not thousands of those things across the outer rim trying to find rebel bases they had no way of knowing what planet those uh, they were going to necessarily land on trying to custom design every single probe droid to camouflage itself on every single planet would have been completely unfeasible and expensive <laughs> and we've already seen from this episode that the Empire is looking to cut costs <laughs> um but you know, so Crosshair is calling out uh, Hunter. It looks like the two of them are about to are about to go at it, and then Hunter draws his gun and shoots and takes out the probe droid. And I'm just, I'm looking at it like you're already too late. It's already been broadcasting this stuff back to the back to uh, Tarkin. You know that they have, and they even know as soon as they see it that the, that it was Tarkin spying on them. Um, and that's when they realize. We're going to be in trouble if we when we get back. Maybe we shouldn't go back. And that's when Tech drops the bomb on them that, yes, Omega was an enhanced clone. <laughs> Is an enhanced clone. And Wrecker, being the uh, dumbass that he is, he's strong and he likes blowing things up, but he's not the brightest. <laughs> uh, Wrecker is just, like, completely shocked by this revelation. Uh and Hunter makes the decision. Well, we're, well, we can't leave her there. She's one of us, and so they just they decide to go back to Camino to try to rescue her. And they get caught like as soon as they step into the hangar. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, as soon as they get caught, they get brought to a holding cell. With Where Omega is already imprisoned. <clears throat> and uh, Tech goes, hey, so this place was built before the Clone Wars. This place was not meant to have, to be like, to have like a brig or anything. This like. was retrofitted to be a brig. <laughs> so technically, this isn't supposed to be able to hold us. Or rather, it's not It's not, not meant to hold uh, people with enhanced abilities. And they immediately all turn to Wrecker. We should note at this point, though, I think this was when... Uh, this was after they pulled Crosshair out of there. Yeah. Um, but while they were all there in the cell, uh, Omega is... Uh, you know, she's happy to see them. But and after you know, there's clearly some tension going on within the Bad Batch, mostly between Hunter and Crosshair, because Crosshair is blaming Hunter for getting them into this mess. And she she sits down with Crosshair as he's sort of brooding there in the corner, and she's mimicking him. Well, no, she starts mimicking <clears throat> Hunter later, but she's empathizing with uh, with Crosshair that she can tell he's angry, and it's just like. Uh, don't do what you're about to do, is what she says to him. Something along those lines. Yeah. And he just sort of gives her this somewhat puzzled look. But then uh, the other clones turn up. They take Crosshair off to be examined, where basically the, uh, I think it was Nala Sue, which is like the main, uh, uh, or no, it wasn't, it wasn't them. Well, it was one of the Kaminoans <coughs> that I think we, we saw in one of the movies. Uh, is overseeing the examination and it's like the inhibitor chip is is functioning in his brain but he it's not working completely we saw that he was like uh, like holding the side of his head where the where the chip is uh, while he was brooding in the uh, in the cell and Tarkin asks can the effects of the chip be enhanced We're like yeah sure and he's like do it and so then they basically just Zap his brain. Yeah, they were just sitting there just shocking the damn chip in his brain. And um, as we see like a like a readout start you know, with like a red bar growing longer. <laughs> it's just sort of like, oh, that's not good. Um But then we cut back to the cell where tech basically is, is like we could break out of here, or rather record could. And then it was just a case of distract the guards, block their line of sight, uh wrecker. Punch the wall really hard right here. It's like, where do I punch? And then Tech is just like feeling the wall. He knocks on one part He's where like, he can hear here. where it's hollow. He goes, hit right here. <clears throat> Bam. And so, like, they're like, all right, form a wall. So they all form a wall to block him. He punches it, sits it back down, and he goes, it didn't do anything. Hit it harder. Hit <laughs> it harder. Okay. Bam. Boom. <clears throat> and it knocks a panel loose enough that they are able to pry it open. And Wrecker's like, I'm never going to fit through there. And Tech's just like, I wasn't thinking about you. And Omega immediately volunteers to go to go through it. And is basically told, get to the console, flip the lever to take the take the force field down. Uh, but then the uh, guards notice that something's going on. And yada, yada, yada. Te- uh, Omega falls out of the ceiling on top of them. Manages to get the, uh, to, get to the lever. And then yeah, the clone, the, the regs get knocked out, and they quickly hurry off to the hangar to get their stuff and get back to their ship. And but when they get there, 
Oh, and throughout throughout all this, as as you had mentioned, uh, we saw that Omega was sort of like mimicking uh, a lot of Hunter's <clears throat> movements, like the way he was sitting, like with his uh, head propped up on his on his uh, on his hand. She was imitating that. When he noticed her, he sort of he sort of straightened up and lowered his hand, and she did the, did exact the same, same thing. When they were sneaking through the halls to get to the hangars, he got up to came up to a corner. He stopped and did the whole like raise the fist, you know hand signal thing and she's right behind him doing the exact same thing um, but when they get to the hangar and they're all like uh, grabbing their equipment she seems to n- realize that the regs are uh, approaching before the doors open and because uh, Hunter had said we got we got to go find Crosshair and she just turns looks towards towards another door and she's like you're not going to have to look far and then the doors open to admit admit these regs with crosshair bringing up the rear. And we have the ominous music from the last season of Clone Wars playing too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's got himself some some new armor, you know, and a new helmets. Not the it's still a modified one, but it's not the same one that he'd been wearing. And yeah, uh, there's a standoff. There's you know, then stuff gets starts shooting. Well, yada yada yada. They do manage to get out of there, but uh, Riker t- does get tagged. He's fu- he's he's ultimately fine, but he gets knocked down from it. He gets shot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the like closing moments, as they're trying to get Riker up the ramp on onto the ship, Crosshair is lining up lining up his shot, and Omega grabs a blaster, shoots once, hits Crosshair's. Rifle like in the scope and knocks it out of his hand, and you know the bad batch is sort of surprised by this, but they get onto the ship. They uh, and as they're like powering it up, one of the regs calls for the hangar door to be shut, but it like stops bef- like before it's barely even moved, and then we see this one Camino in that. Omega had been uh, sort of tailing around and had been sort of working for uh, on Camino. We saw that she had been like tapping like a like a tablet and preventing the door the hangar from closing. Uh, Bad Batch escapes and that Camino in goes back to the Prime Minister and it's just sort of like uh, they you know they all got away along with Ome- with Omega. And he's like, that's good. Until we know more about what the Empire is up to, <laughs> that's... That's all that we can do. That's all that we can do. So there's clearly something even more special about Omega, but in the towards the end, uh, Hunter you know, is like talking with her. It's like, that was a pretty good shot. Where'd you learn how to do that? She's like, I just did it. It was the first time I ever fired a blaster. Yeah, what did you say it reminded you of? For a moment, well, it's like when I saw her looking at the... At the blaster, I thought we were going to get like a river song moment from uh, Firefly. There was an episode where they're storming uh, Niska's uh, his like little base, citadel, his little citadel, and uh, I think it was like Kaylee was sort of pinned was sort of pinned down by some of Niska's uh, thugs, and River picks up a gun, like looks out looks out into the hangar, and, just, and then you know. I forget what exactly she says, but she turns her head and, without looking, fires like fires a bunch of times, and every single shot is a lethal shot and takes out everyone. 
And then she, that's when she turns back to Kaylee and goes, no power in the verse can stop me. Because she thought they were still sort of playing, like in her weird little world. Yeah. And sort of terrified Kaylee because she just saw, you know, kooky little river kill like three men without even looking. Um, but uh, I thought we were going to get that. And st- you know, still something like it, but it wasn't like a case of her not even looking. But this goes back to my theory when uh, it was specified she was an enhanced trooper. I think she's force sensitive. She could be because it's. I was kind of thinking of the kid at the end of the Last Jedi, the one who was like looking up and he could see like the ship uh, going to faster than light. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he was like holding like a little broom. No, he wasn't holding the broom. He reached his hand out and the broom went to him. Did it? Yes, it did. And then he held it up like it was a lightsaber. Yeah, I remember him holding the broom up. I thought it was in his hand. No, you. If you go back and rewatch that scene, yes, I know Last Jedi is not a great film, but I. I like this scene in the movie where the kid walks out, reaches his hand out, and the lights and the uh, the broom comes to his hand. Huh. I know. Yeah, the sequel trilogy had its had its flaws. I don't. I didn't think the Last Jedi at the time was that bad. I recognized that it had some serious flaws, but um, really, though, it was the rise of Skywalker that sort of ruined the whole, ruined everything to me. That's my own personal opinion. I appreciate that's not the that's not the common opinion among a lot of Star Wars fans, but at any rate, um, but at the end of you know after this whole discussion with uh, with Omega, the Bad Batch is like, so what are we going to do? We gotta, you know, and Hunter's like, my my original plan was just to lay low somewhere, let the heat die down, but with Crosshair gunning for us, that's not an option. So, but then he gets an idea. It's like. So, he says, chart a course for J-19. And I looked this up before we started Before we started recording, but uh, J-19 refers to a particular sector where it was back in the Clone Wars series where there was a clone trooper that had defected, or rather deserted, and had basically become a farmer on this, like... Uh, temperate world somewhere and I forget the character's name but as soon as I when I looked it up and it mentioned like the a clone that had become a farmer I was like oh I remember that episode that episode now but uh, <clears throat> that was a weird episode too. it was but it was like the first case that she saw where like uh, clones could be could basically make their own decisions that wasn't sort of programmed into them and so there could clearly look, going to him for some help maybe even to try to get some answers about what may be going on but it was an interesting first episode it set a lot of things in motion um, very curious to, fu- to see if I'm right about Omega being a force sensitive clone or something curious, I'm wondering whether it was a case of they did more Experiments with the genetic code and just like that's what I'm a, thinking. So did now, like a gen, did like a gender flip or something? Well, or, I mean, I, I mean, or in did the case, they, or did they combine some somebody else's DNA into her? Well, I mean, in in terms of the whole gender thing, it's kind of like you got to think back to Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. where they said they made all of the dinosaurs female. All they had to do was dick around with the chromosomes, but they said they also mixed frog DNA in it. And then there's like a, there are some species of frog that in a monogender. Uh, culture 
some of them will spontaneously flip genders yeah. so that the species so that the species can <clears throat> sort of keep propagating. Yeah, believe it or not, clownfish are the same way. So mm -hmm. yeah, finding Nemo just got real dark for some of y'all. Um <laughs> Eh, but but um but yeah so the whole like dicking around with the chromosomes thing I imagine that they're able to do that so it's like yeah we could have created more female clones if they wanted to so but they chose not to they were, instead they were all just male well it makes it's probably easier to just make it's probably cheaper what Okay, we're going to pause for a second. We're back. Uh, Chris just wanted to show me a clip from uh, The Last Jedi, where, yes, indeed, the kid did move the broom. Anyway. Um, I had to prove him right, <laughs> or I had to prove myself right on that one. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, with the chromosome <coughs> thing, it's just... I think it's probably just easier for them to just make them all with one with one gender. Whether it's... whether with their experiments with mutating the DNA to try to create enhanced clones caused some to be uh, gender flipped or whether they combined some other DNA in there that just manifested in the clone in the clone that was produced as a female well we know the frog alien species <laughs> yes but while we don't know specifically what uh, flavor of humanity uh, Django Fett was if she's if she is derived from Django's DNA... It's probably a combination of Django plus maybe a Jedi. Maybe? I mean, I know Obi-Wan Kenobi was there, so yeah. who knows what happened well, while Well, there he... were a number of other Jedi that were stationed on Kamino over the... Yeah, there was... The uh, Sifo-Dyas was yes. one of them, so mm -hmm. who knows? Um, yeah. Could... There's any... We don't know. Um, is, is what it comes down to. It, it, it'll, it'll probably be revealed as the show goes on. Agreed. There's no way you introduce a, introduce a character like that, state that she's an enhanced clone, and not eventually reveal whatever her ability is. Um, but, you know, that's one of those things you keep the, keep the, the audience sort of strung, strung along for a few episodes until, uh, until you give the big reveal. Hopefully you don't go to season two of Bad Batch where you f where it's revealed that her name is actually like Grogu or something. <laughs> I mean, I lo we all love Baby Yoda, but you know we're all still going to call him Baby Yoda even if we do know his name. It's just that's yeah, but I can't call him that at work because one of my managers hasn't seen season two yet. So you have to keep calling him Baby Yoda. Yeah. Well, that's fine because Baby Yoda is, is his name. I don't care what his name actually is. He's Baby Yoda. <laughs> But um, just know that Luke is probably thinking of him as Baby Yoda in his head too. <laughs> probably, but I saw some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of them, like still like playing with the or who's it? I think it was Robert Rodriguez who was sitting there playing with the damn uh, the animatronic, <laughs> acting like it was a real child. Yeah. Um, but interesting first episode. Um, wondering what other characters were going that we that we know. Uh, or places that we know are going to pop up again. How much do you think? How, do you think they're going to end up on Tatooine at some point? I don't know. I feel like Tatooine is only there for when the Jedi are involved somehow. Either either Tatooine or uh, Jeddah, the planet from Jeddah. I could see them possibly ending up on. 
But Tatooine, I don't think so. I think Tatooine is going to factor into things more when when the Obi Wan series, when the Kenobi series, comes along. Whenever that is. Well, they're working on it, but that's going to be uh, where that where uh, Tatooine is going to be more of a thing. That and Book of Boba Fett, obviously. Yeah, but that's a spinoff of Mandalorian. Yeah, but that's decades later. Is it going to pop up here in the in the Bad Batch? Who knows. I would like to see Hondo make another appearance. I could see him helping the clones out. I could see him or helping so the more a case of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. Like they need something from him, and he's like, "Well, if I can help you, but you have to do a favor for me." In that typical Hondo way. Yes, we are not going to try to impersonate Jim Cummings. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Hondo is just one of those characters. I really want him to come back. Me too. I was glad that he came back for Rebels. What if he's in Book of Boba Fett? He's going to be a lot older, but sure. Oh, come on, I mean... <laughs> but they're going to have to get uh, Jim Cummings in to dub over whoever the actor is. Unless you get just get Jim Cummings to play the character. Uh, he's got to shave a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... It's just, they, they're not shy of using the voice actor in the live-action role. No. We saw that with Starbuck, for crying out loud. <laughs> Yes, we did. She was uh, she was playing. Uh, she played Bo-Katan in uh, in the Mandalorian. That's another thing in the little Star Wars uh, uh, opening. You know, Marvel thing. Marvel like the Marvel Studios kind of thing where it shows like a bunch of like droid heads and helmets and stuff with the lights flickering over them. So we saw Bo-Katan's helmet in there. So, and I swear it wasn't there uh, during. Uh, Mandalorian. So that's another one of those things that we're going to have to go back and look at later. Um, but yeah, Bad Batch is definitely a, definitely one that we're going to keep keep checking out. Uh, When's the next episode? Friday. Friday. Okay. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, we yes the the series dropped on May the fourth, but you were working that day. I wasn't going to watch it without you, so that I so that we would both have a fresh perspective on this. Uh, so we'll be. Doing the doing episode two come come Friday, maybe Saturday depending on well maybe no not Saturday because there's gonna be too many other things on my on my plate for Saturday but um, yes we will keep doing this if you have not watched any of Clone Wars and you want to try to figure out what's going on before uh, jumping into the Bad Batch just watch the last season of Clone Wars. Because the first four episodes of the final season introduce us to the Bad Batch. And the rest of the series... Okay, we wrap up the whole arc with uh, Maul on Mandalore. But then we have, the, we have the Order 66 arc, where everything goes sideways. Uh, and so it... it the last season of Clone Wars is basically all you need to watch in order to know what's going on here. It also helps if you've seen Rebels. It does help, not not nece- not immediately necessary. Just gives you, you know, yeah, you'll recognize if you watch through Rebels all the way, then you'll recognize the name Caleb when it when when they when he turns up. It's not in there. Bo-Katan's helmet was not in there. I just l- watched the intro for season two of Mandalorian. 
Okay, so I was right. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. Um, but yeah, uh, Caleb, Caleb uh, Dune. When the name got dropped, I was like, "Isn't that?" Like, like I sat yeah, there. We, I, we were both like, "Is no, 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 oh, no." I was like, I looked at it, my jaw dropped, and I looked over at you, like, "Do you know who that is?" And it was as soon as like Caleb, I was like, "I was like, isn't that?" And then when I heard him speak again, I heard Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice. I was like, "That is <laughs> that's that's Caden." So yeah. Um, Definitely one to check out if you're a Star Wars fan. <clears throat> I, li- I like how now they're explaining more of the universe. Mm-hmm. It, they can do so much more world building than just se- with movies. In a series like this, because you can't put that world building into a two hour movie. You know, it's just, you, you can't uh, if you're still going to move the plot along and keep the audience engaged. Um, there are ways you can world build without going into too much depth with it. The John Wick movies are, are a good example. The first two, especially, do world building without having to have an audience surrogate in there to explain what all this stuff that's going on is or means. Um, like the whole like gold coins that you know are used as like payment in the underworld that John Wick moves in. I still want to know what happens if he runs out. Uh, then he's no longer able to call in favors or pay for <laughs> services. Um not that that's so much of an issue right now because he's got a major price on his head, <laughs> but um, but yeah, in the first John Wick movie, it's just it was all show don't tell. You know, you if you just watch the movie and you pay attention, you can put this stuff all together. It doesn't. It's not being blatantly obvious and beating you over the head with it, but it's also they also don't need to ha- didn't have like that audience surrogate in there for John Wick or somebody to talk to to explain it. And John Wick wouldn't have tolerated having somebody around that he would have had to explain all this shit to, because he's got a job to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in Fury, Mad Max Fury Road was another case where they got in world building without having to go into too much detail with it. It, like, it helps if you've seen the first three films. Yes, but even then, Fury Road is one that stands... Well, all of them kind of are standalone in in many respects but Fury Road you don't need to have seen any of the previous Mad Max movies because they put enough context for things in there for you to piece it together plus Mel Gibson has gone on to say that Road Warrior should have been the first one Mm. but at any rate um, yeah the world building they can do a whole lot more and show consequences of things a whole lot more than they can in like a two hour movie well, because <clears throat> I know that they they have all of this stuff planned out. Like I know they have uh, Rogue Squadron planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, have they, did they say there was a movie or a TV series? I don't remember. Um, I think most of most of the titles that got announced are uh, series. Maybe not necessarily ones that are going to be multi season like The Mandalorian. They might be uh, limited limited run. Uh, or like limited series, like the book of Boba Fett is going to be. Well, that one I already know is going to be a, yeah. a mini series. I know the Ahsoka one is going to be a limited series. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what was the? Uh, there was one that the Cara Dune character was supposed to be in Rangers of the of the New Republic. Yeah, because I know that um, John Favreau made that specifically for the Cara Dune character, and then Disney goes and fires Gina Carano. Gina Carano. To which that really pissed him off. Uh, to yeah. the 
Uh, like, like to the point to where I'm sure he's like, I don't want because he already has everything done for uh, well, that planned and, out and everything. Yeah, and for I think for season three of Mandalorian, he does not want to have to go do rewrites. Because yeah, I mean, he went he went through that once already with Iron Man two. He's not doing it again. Well, who knows what they're what they're going to what they're going to do about that? Um, that's a later uh, later Star Wars series, but uh, yeah, Bad Batch definitely uh, definitely fun. Did you notice a slight change in the animation style? I did. It definitely felt like it was something between Clone Wars and Rebels. Like it, like it looked like a lot of it was like. Granted, yes, it's still CGI, but it looked like it was painted. Yeah, I definitely got a, got that sort. Like of, especially sort some of, of the especially some of the stuff like it's more noticeable like the scene where Omega was in the Bad Batch's room, mm-hmm. and when she's like, I think it's like when she's like sifting through one of the crates or whatever, and you look in the background, it looks like some of the stuff that's in the background is like straight up painted on. Well, I think they are doing that with some of with like backgrounds and stuff is is meant to be paint is meant to be paintings. Like in the last scene of Clone Wars when Vader uh comes to find the uh wrecked ship and finds Ahsoka's lightsabers that he gave her. Yep. <clears throat> the backdrop of that scene, you know, with the wrecked ship and and everything <clears throat> is a painting. They they have this they have like the CG characters sort of in it in a sense but the background itself was like a was like a painting so i'm i wouldn't be surprised if they are doing something like that where it's like two dimensional backgrounds uh but you know st- but with like cg sort of overlaid cuz i really like the animation style that they yeah. did it, it it did have did have that sort of sort of sense like the the waterfall scene with uh hunter and caleb I was looking at that too, it, but in that case, it was like a painting. But they that they then put like animation in, like an animated painting, sort of sort of thing, because you had the water, the waterfall, and, and the mist and everything. But yeah, it's very very pretty with what they're doing with the CG for these series right now. It's like, hey, Pixar. <laughs> Pixar's like we don't. You guys do your own thing. We 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 are fine with what we're with what we're doing. Like, look at how we can animate water now. <laughs> and you know, Pixar's just like, yeah, come come to us when you need to figure out how to how to uh, CG individual strands of hair, like they did for Violet in The Incredibles. Violet's hair broke their broke their. Uh, I thought Sully. I thought Sully's was bad. I mean, it's just, in Sully's case, it's just like shorter fur. But having it, having like Violet's hair with how long it was and the way it needed to flow and move and everything, was a whole lot more complex. I've seen some of the outtakes of like the of the CG like rigs for for her hair going crazy and her hair just going like around her head. Oh, so so it was like a bad video game glitch. Yes, it was like her hair was glitching out like horribly. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like. The animation studio that handles the Star Wars stuff could could go to go to Pixar and be like, "Look at us, we can animate water now too." And Pixar is just like, "Ah, that's cute." Because <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to hair, they just they still have it more like clumps rather than like strands. Yeah, um, but like I said, like a lot of the designs and stuff are still the same as what they were in um, mm-hmm. Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Because um, I know that Clone Wars, when they came out, when it first came out, like it wasn't as refined. Yeah. 
But like over time, as you watch the show go on, and that's you see cool. that with with a lot of animations that over time the animations the animation style and the art will evolve with time. Um, you, to use uh, to use Rooster Teeth's uh, Ruby as an example, the earlier season earlier seasons were animated in Poser, um, and you can sort of tell in some, in some cases. But then in later seasons, they started using a different animation. Uh, Program. I don't remember off the top of my head what it what it was, but the animations, you know, and the art style has has evolved with it over time. The characters still have, you know, still maintain their maintain their looks. They'll get like new outfits or something every now and then. But you know, the style keeps improving. They're able to better animate things like Ruby's cape, sort of actually properly, you know, flowing in in a breeze rather than being sort of like a stiff board. <laughs> Like it is in some case, like it was in some er, some of the earlier seasons. Heck, in season one, the only characters that got any any animation were named major characters. Any background characters were just like moving little shadow people. Yeah, I remember that because I have the first volume. Mm-hmm. And then starting in season two, they they uh, got some better computers to help them with uh, compiling all this stuff, and they were able to actually make unique individual characters in the background. Another good example, South Park. Mm-hmm. If you go and you watch the very first episode of South Park, that was essentially made with like cut out paper uh, yeah. and was essentially stop motion. Uh, and it was after that episode was made is when Matt and Trey both realized that they could make the, the show from then on with computers. Mm-hmm. And so, it, like, it completely changed after that. And the way you can also tell is that if you go back and you watch the first episode, you'll notice that a lot of the characters have shadows behind them. Mm. When, like, let's say if there's a tree in the distance and the character is supposed to be, like, in the foreground, uh, the sh- character's shadow is, like, essentially, like, over the tree. But then after the first episode, you don't ever see that again. Because it was probably just more work than it was Oh, yes, and they literally used that for an episode of South Park later on. It was one of their Christmas episodes uh, where they were the kids were trying to animate a South Park a special that what they ended up doing was they just went and did the original short that, or one of the two shorts that uh, Matt and Trey did when they were in college. Yeah. Um, and it was also when they were trying to pass the show around, trying to say, hey, this is a show that we want to do. You're interested? Fox said no. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure they're kicking themselves now. <laughs> um, oh, they probably would have canceled it if like half, like in like season three. But anyways, after after moving it around from weekday to weekday or weeknight to weeknight, like they did the Firefly and family, married with children. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, Bad Batch, great start, great start. Uh, we're both looking forward to seeing where this uh, goes. So, which character? Which Star Wars character? From it, from like the Clone Wars era or Rebels era, would you like to see? Well, I've already sort of stated that I kind of want to see if Hondo will. Put well, a, well, any but, well, apart from, apart from him, yeah, oh, like God. Jedi characters, Sith characters. Do you want to see Vader pop up at some point? Mm, Vader popping up would be would be interesting, but he's like an end game sort of character. Like he wouldn't show up until like the very last episode. Yeah, well, you uh, feel like Tarkin would be the main villain for this. Oh one. yeah, villain. Yeah, Tarkin is unquestionably the main the main big bad for this. Um, if Vader turns up, it's going to be you know the Bad Batch are fucked. If if Vader shows up, I don't care how good the Bad Batch is. We've seen what Vader does when he's 
when he's not just chilling on Mustafar uh, trying to get healed up. <laughs> um, I was thinking Director Krennic could appear. The, Director Krennic would be would be would be an interesting. One. I mean, they could st- they could get his actor back to come in and voice him. Um, yeah, I forget the actor's name now off the top of my head. He was in Ready Player One. Yeah, and he was in um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, where he used his natural accent in that yep. one. Um, only when he was not being. Uh, his human disguise. Yeah, it was when you know when Talos was like being just scroll. Talos is when he was using his natural accent, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't remember if any of the other scrolls used that accent as well. No, it was just him. That's a, that's a shame. You know, you could have just gone with that, rolled with that, taught some of the some of the others how to say some of their lines with that that sort of accent, and make that just be a scroll thing. Um. But anyway, I'm, I'm trying uh, to think of some other like definitely get some Mandalorians in it like since the Mandalorians were allies to the mm-hmm. to the clones during the Clone Wars. Yeah, um, although I'm sure Mandalore is dealing with its own issues right now. Yeah, like the fallout with um, Darth Maul. What if if Mandalore gets involved in this? Could we see the Great Purge? We could see it. But it, that strikes me as the sort of thing that they would want to save somewhat more for the Mandalorian, like some flashback. But do you want to see it from the Bad Batch's point of view? I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting if we do get to see a glimpse of it, or maybe even hear about it. It's like, we can't go to Mandalore. Why not? It's not there anymore. They glassed it. <laughs> um, or whatever they did to Mandalore that made it like a no-go zone. But then again, we don't know if the planet actually was severely devastated like that, or if that's just a lie that the children of the Watch told their uh, told their foundlings. Oh, who knows? It's one of those things I'd have to go back and check again to see. If, was it uh, was it only uh, Mando that was? Uh, Explaining why man why like Mandalore was like cursed, you know, was uh, you know you can't no you can't go there sort of thing, or if it was from somebody else. Because if it was from Mando, he's not been given the whole story. Yeah, like I might, like I mean I know he was rather young when uh, the separate yeah there was the droids who mm-hmm. showed up. Yep, it was separatist uh, the super battle droids. Which was actually really cool to see those live action again. Yeah. <laughs> With better CGI, too. Um, oh, yeah, that's another thing. They, I really wish they would go back and touch up the CGI in the prequel movies. Mm. It it's needs probably it. more trouble than it's worth. And if you're going to go back and touch touch up things in uh, the prequel trilogy, there's a whole lot more besides just bad CG that you could touch up. Well, it would like, be a start. Story. <laughs> It'd be a start. Character development. <clears throat> but... Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Friday now. Oh, yeah. So is this every Friday for... I believe every Friday. Uh, episode 1 only dropped on Tuesday because it was May, May the, 4th. the 4th. Star Wars Day. Yes, Star Trek has April 5th. Mm-hmm. First Contact Day. First Contact Day. May 4th is Star Wars Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they should also post something on the 5th also. Revenge of the 5th. Nope. No, Revenge of the 6th. Yes, because you have uh, you have May the 4th, and then you have Cinco de Mayo, but after that comes the Revenge of the 6th. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Bad Batch, definitely a good start. We're both <laughs> looking forward to seeing where this goes. Oh, yes, and I'm hoping that it lasts, hopefully, as long as what Clone Wars did. The show, not the actual war itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know, unfortunately, off the top of my head, how many episodes uh, season one is, is supposed to be. But honestly, I feel like Bad Batch should be a limited series, like um, Ahsoka is going to be, like Book of Boba Fett is going to be, because that seems like it's... This seems like it's not one you could really string out for too long, because there's only so much time you can... Uh, there's only so long you can have this sort of play itself out and then not have the Bad Batch turn up again in like the time of Rebels or something. But, um, yeah. So we're looking forward to Fridays going forward uh, so we can keep bringing you more editions of the Mando cast as we watch the Bad Batch. But I think that about wraps it up for today. So for Chris, I am Jay, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast. Be sure to check out all the Star Wars content on Disney Plus and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.